Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Mental Health Awareness Initiative. Today we have Dr. Walid Tarhan from Amman, Jordan. He is a practicing psychiatrist and has extensively worked with issues like depression, anxiety, bipolar, suicidal tendencies, etc. Welcome to the show, Doctor. And Thank you. Uh, would like Thank you, and hi, everybody. If you could just, uh, you know, share as to what you have been doing and uh, what issues are you facing more right now due to this pandemic? Well, I have been practicing. I am a, a consult senior consultant psychiatrist. I am a fellow and member of the Royal College of Psychiatrists in UK and international distinguished fellow of the American uh, Association of Psychiatrists. And also I am an honorary member of the World Psychiatric Association and I am the chief editor of the Arab Journal of Psychiatry. I have been practicing since the 1985 and in uh, Jordan and the region or the, all over the Middle East. During the pandemic, we have so many difficulties uh, we have faced uh, in seeing patients, patients being able to come using online uh, consultation. Uh, sometimes the people are unable to travel distances because of uh, uh, lockdown and so on. But these are uh, issues related to everybody. The issues related to psychiatry has been more cases of anxiety, obsession, uh, phobia, uh, coronophobia uh, among uh, in the general population, and more cases of depression and anxiety in patients who are uh, in, in, in lockdown or in uh, who are staying at home with somebody who has who developed the, the infection. Also, we have seen many problems with patients who get the infection and develop some sort of psychiatric uh, manifestation during hospitalization and afterwards. All these issues have uh, made uh, really a burden on the psychiatric services, but the expectation from myself and from the WHO and everybody that we will be facing another epidemic of mental health over the next year or more because of uh, an increased level of mental health, increased level of suicide, and uh, substance drug abuse as well. As you have rightly said, yes, you have pointed out a very good point in the sense because phobia and the fear factor due to the corona is seen very uh, prevalent, you know, in teenagers and even adults. So if you link it to the mental health aspect and relating to the suicidal thoughts, what would you, um, you know, comment on this aspect? 
Well, it's, uh, you know, in coronophobia, people uh, become, they start avoiding everything, avoiding going out, avoiding contact with everybody, confined to their rooms, even not moving around in, within the house. And this has a great impact on their mental health and uh, they develop depression and some of them suicidal tendency. Uh, others, they have this phobia, but they are managing and going on in and out, but they have they are using excessive precautions beyond what is recommended, washing their hands uh, many, many times, disinfecting everything, carrying alcohol with them wherever they go, they have to clean and re-clean and so on. And uh, this, uh, this is, of course, is, is, is making some patients who were already suffering from psychiatric problem worse, or patients who have recovered from psychiatric conditions relapse again, uh, as, as well as uh, new people who have never had any psychiatric issues becoming uh, sick. Regarding the suicidal thoughts and tendency, it's seen quite commonly now, and uh, especially in those who develop depression and severe phobia, and uh, people are actually trying to kill themselves, and uh, to some extent, uh, you know, they some succeed. We all know that suicide is one of the main uh, killers in the world. The WHO estimated estimation of the 900,000 suicide per year, which is to me and all professionals is underestimation, because in many countries the number of cases that are recorded is much less than the actual number. So the uh, suicide rate, which is about uh, 20 uh, suicide case per 100,000 population per year as, a, as an international average, uh, this is in some countries like in the Middle East, you will find it's like one or two, three person, three cases per 100,000 population per year, which is far less than uh, expected. And uh, because of the stigma, there are a lot of cases that are uh, considered accidental or otherwise to avoid the stigma. So we do have a challenge now and in the coming few months and maybe more than that, in facing this uh, uh, epidemic of mental health and suicide, as well as the uh, uh, epidemic of uh, substance misuse. We do have here in the Middle East some countries that have never been known to have drug problem. Now they have epidemic of uh, uh, methamphetamine abuse, like in Iraq, for example, which uh, was never uh, one of the countries that is uh, uh, suffering badly from this uh, problem. 
So we do see that uh, there is a need for more awareness among the public, among the decision makers, the health uh, ministers, the health authorities everywhere, and also the media. Unfortunately, the media is focusing on number of cases, number of tests, number of deaths, and they never care about uh, all the millions who are watching and the children who are scared of these figures and numbers and the repeated uh, uh, news broadcast that uh, keeps on saying things about death and uh, serious patients and the, the number of patients in intensive care and also all those things very little is encouraging or in the in the stream mainstream media as well as in the uh, uh, social media uh, apart from exceptional professionals who do act uh, and uh, try to help and give some advice uh, unfortunately uh, children are in most countries are learning online. They have no interaction with other children. They have little uh, chances to uh, play with, with uh, outside their house and outside, outdoors. And even in indoors, they may not have uh, anybody to play with. And also the family is overwhelmed with the, with the crisis and uh, cannot tolerate their uh, noisy behavior. And that the house becomes a sort of uh, uh, very in very turmoil state. Uh, this is all need to be addressed and uh, highlighted. Uh, in all media and everywhere uh, for because people are suffering and we we in the clinic day and night uh, we see this we answer patients from all over the world about uh, their uh, suffering and, uh, in, and as you know in some countries uh, some psychiatric hospital were closed and changed to corona patient. And all, all of this uh, is a very, very challenging for professionals and uh, leaders of mental health uh, worldwide and regionally. Very uh, rightly said that this is a challenging time, both for the health providers, as well as millions of people who are silently, as you have said, watching the social media or the news channels, looking at the figures or listening to the figures and uh, getting affected by it. So um, this is very true. And uh, if you have to tell to our listeners as to what they can do if they identify themselves or what the other family members can do if they identify someone in the house 
you know, slipping towards depression or uh, uh, let's say having having the thoughts part also because of the hopelessness or the fear factor, what would you suggest? Well, I suggest first to, 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 to look into primary prevention. That means uh, trying to prevent people from becoming sick in the first place. And this is uh, in, in this situation can be done when people keep their social contact uh, going on, even not necessarily face to face, they keep their routine, day, daily routine, uh, regular, regular sleep hours, regular uh, meals. There is uh, no, no point of spending the day and night in bed, uh, overeating and uh, doing nothing. They have to reorganize their daily schedule, and uh, especially when there is lockdown and there is limited time uh, outdoors and indoors to spend the time doing something, some hobbies, reading, watching uh, movies, uh, uh, playing uh, simple games, not uh, spending the whole day either on the news or the uh, screens with games and uh, electronic light. Uh, this is the first step. Next step, when people start feeling low or anxious and uh, desperate, angry, irritable, uh, they, they, everybody around them will notice that and they don't, uh, they shouldn't actually dismiss this as uh, that's just being uh, troublesome. When somebody is becoming uh, depressed, uh, irritable, anxious, fearful, um, his mood is bad, he needs support not to be told, stop that, don't do this, don't do that. This, this is what you are doing for yourself. And that's usually makes things worse. And uh, many, in many cases, the person starts thinking of suicide, planning suicide, and may attempt suicide. But usually in 70% of the cases, that kill the, that patients kill themselves. They have already communicated this openly to the family or to the doctors, but nobody have done anything about it. Uh, so when somebody mention suicide or I'm better off dead or any word of that sort, uh, one the family and the friends and the group around them should take it seriously, stand next behind with him, support him, be with him all the time, uh, try to see what's going on. Uh, if this is the, if this is not going to work, uh, although it may work in many mild cases, uh, then you will advise him to seek professional help 
And if after seeking professional help, patients who are depressed usually are so desperate and hopeless, hopelessness and helplessness uh, will lead them not to do, adhere to treatment, not to go for follow-up and so on. So people around them should do their best to make sure that this, these, they are going to, to the doctor, to their appointment, uh, taking the medication, attending the therapy session, uh, whether in person or online, and to keep checking on their suicidal ideas and thoughts. Because what happens usually when somebody actually kills himself, everybody around him is becoming depressed because he has clearly made it to everybody that he is going to kill himself, but they didn't do anything to stop it. Uh, that's uh, very unfortunate. Uh, instead of helping that person, now we have to help five persons who did not uh, uh, support him. So I believe that uh, the layman, the public, the family, the friends can do quite a lot of good support at, that, at the same time, if they wish, they can be a very bad influence. They can uh, be sarcastic, critical, uh, humiliating this person and push him the last little push to the end and death. It is uh, like, um, firstly, that you have mentioned the first thing that stay away from the news and all, do the routine work regularly, and then moving ahead, the support system should be very proactive and one should take care of each other and listen to what any member who is in the family voicing out uh, if they are feeling too low for a long time, they should not condemn that person, rather address it in a very positive way and should be there for everyone. So uh, that is a very uh, good thing, doctor, that you have shared, yes. We all as individual, as family, as support system in the society, we should be there for each other. You have uh, absolutely mentioned a very valid point which everyone should make note of. What we are saying, just not hearing, but listening empathetically to each other. So um, if at all to the youngsters, to the youth, how should they hold on in this tough moment? What would you well, suggest? Well, in, for children and adolescents, the matter is uh, actually more at the hands of the parents. Uh, because parents often think of children and adolescents as they are, as if they are immune of any mental illness or psychological trouble. And this is not true. The major psychiatric problems start in adolescence. 
things like schizophrenia and bipolar affective disorder. So the, the changes that could happen in children, whether in pandemic or otherwise, should be taken seriously and uh, may not necessarily to see, to, to go to a psychiatrist immediately. There are many people who can help counselors in the school, uh, counselors everywhere, uh, somebody who with experience could say that this is normal, normal, this is beyond the ability of a counselor, this needs uh, professional help, but dismissing everything in children as he's going to grow out of it, this is usually a fatal mistake that people keep doing and, and that the, the patient or the child, for example, is not doing well at school and they attributed this because he's playing too much. And then the, the, he's, not, he's now not going to the school and they find an excuse. Well, that, these, these are not solutions to find an excuse. Uh, these are so, so promoting this uh, abnormal behavior. And the, the parents and carers should be very sensitive for any change of behavior in children and adolescents. For example, for an adolescent to become depressed, depression in adolescents is not going to appear exactly like adults. They are not just sitting sad and they don't like to do anything and they don't enjoy anything. They are more, more or less irritable and going on down, down in their academic performance and sometimes even is not going to the school. And this may not appear to be depression. It looks like as if he's just becoming lazy or he's uh, uh, into a love story or something like that. Uh, but actually, this is how depression presents in, in such a group. So the, the sensitivity to, to child and adolescent a change in emotional or behavioral uh, pattern should be very uh, well observed and uh, looked after. And if when somebody reach uh, uh, a professional, at least he can know whether this is something serious and needs help or it is uh, he can manage himself. Uh, many things uh, you know that like children in between three and five, every day they are scared of something. But we know that these are not phobias, they are transient fears that just go away if we manage this properly. If we uh, don't push the child to avoid the situation and just on the other hand, push the child to face the situation and uh, reinforce this. And this is, for example, something transient, doesn't need the help, just need awareness of the family. Uh, things like uh, a childhood uh, uh, rebellions and sometimes 
adolescent rebellion and the adolescent who starts, um, he doesn't want to study, he wants to go with friends, he spends the time on the phone, he wants to talk to the boys, uh, the society may not allow that. And uh, so things like this also could be a transient and if, if handled properly and gently, sensitively, it can be over even within weeks, but with harsh um, approach, it can go on as for stubborn behavior and become a pattern of their personality and life and may end up with failure in school and failure in college and uh, in, in life in general. Okay, so it's like uh, um, you have also drawn the attention wherein the parents need to be really sensitive and not label, actually it's called labeling also in a very uh, common term when they are repeatedly saying, oh, you are like that and you are like, as you have said, it's only a transient, transient stage wherein this will ebb off with time but repeated reminders in, with the harshness may instill that behavior. So um, very true. And now that lockdown is there, everyone is at home. So the vent out is also not there for the youngsters or adolescents or children and even for parents. So for right now, if Two, three tips you would like to say before we wind off as to, yes, we need to be empathetic, we need to be sensitive, good listeners. Besides this, if you could just share your, with from your experience, two more points. Well, it's uh, uh, the point I would always continue to raise that parents get married and plan everything, plan their wedding, plan their uh, home and all the details and the honeymoon. And, uh, but they never prepare themselves to how to bring up children. And when you buy a mobile or a, a new TV, you look into the catalog and you, you want to do, know all the details. People get four or five children with no catalog and no direction of how to bring up these children and where, where is the normal and where is the abnormal. I strongly advise parents to take care of this point. The second point I want to raise uh, uh, also in relation to children. Every day I see children who has been, they have been from one school, moved from one school to the other, being diagnosed with all sorts of things and being blamed for many, many uh, mistakes. And the child is simply has intellectual disability. His intelligence is far below normal and he needs special education but the family doesn't want to see this. And uh, it seems that uh, some of the professional also would avoid this point. 
and this child may be may 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 grow up and become 17 18 years old with an iq of uh, 50 or 60 and they are still pushing him to go to the school and to make to get good marks which is impossible and this so knowing the ability and limitation of your child is a basic uh, uh, mental health issue and be basic in bringing up children. The other point I, I would like to draw the attention of uh, the listeners to, that in many parts of the world, in our part of the world, uh, people go to the healers. These healers uh, of all sorts of names and kinds uh, native healers, uh, medicinal uh, herbs, uh, religious healer, actually they are doing much harm than good. And uh, unfortunately, in many cases, they are the first line, the first line of defense and they, they are the people will re reach them before reaching any mental health service. And this is the big challenge in the world and in the developing world in, in particular. Uh, just going to somebody because he knows some religious words and see them, who is not going to correct the chemical imbalance that is in the brain. So please, you can be of any religion, if your faith is respected, your faith could help you, but when you are sick, you need a doctor, you need a, a professional, uh, you don't need somebody to give you a religious instruction how to improve your depression or suicide. Okay, so it's a first thing, if you identify, then you should go to a proper doctor or uh, you know a professional. And maybe side by side, if you want to go ahead with other healers, you may go ahead. But first thing first. Yeah. And um, had you experienced anything personal, and how did you go? Personally, no. I have. Uh... Okay. I'm in good health, thanks God. I, uh, like all physicians and psychiatrists, uh, sometimes we are hurt when, when we see that the patient could, who are, are able to be, who could be helped, are not helped because of uh, some uh, obstacles like family who is not the family who's not interested in that or objecting to our advice that this patient is suicidal and needs admission and when they refuse this and next day he kills himself this is the most painful moments in my life uh, usually i hope after listening to you we have a decline in this tendency uh, in, in uh, the region locally and globally, inshallah. And it's like, um, 
the information that you have given today is really uh, an eye-opener for all the caregivers at home. And uh, the listeners will surely follow it and make it as a practical routine to observe at home and also amongst their friends. If they come to know or while they're having a conversation, now they will be attentive to the words or what the thoughts people are sharing with each other. Uh, with that note, thank you, Dr. Walid Taran, for your valuable time and your precious advice to the listeners. People will benefit out of it and hope we will connect uh, with another episode in future, especially regarding bipolar um, in the coming months. Thank you I so hope. much for your time. Thank you and for this uh, opportunity and uh, I uh, hope everybody is going to be safe and in the next near future, uh, this uh, the pandemic will be over and things will get better for everybody. Let's hope and we believe in it. It will end. And with that note, we end the session for today. Hope to see you tomorrow with another amazing speaker with their perspective regarding mental health awareness. Stay tuned. Good afternoon and take care. Thank you. Thank you.